something's not good enough. And we know, especially in the concept of enough is a huge factor in our happiness. If we keep on moving that bar further and further or thinking some sort of future scenario is the perfect scenario that you don't yet have, you're never really going to be happy in the present moment. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Life and Money Show. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson. On behalf of Julie Lamb and the whole Good Egg Investments team, we're thrilled to welcome you here. And I've got my co-host here, Susan Elliott. Susan, how are you today? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. It's Tuesday and it is the first full week of summer going on right now. So Ooh, we have new summer. <laughs> new routines in the house, yes. but new energy too. So it's good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. What does the beginning of summer feel like in your house? Oh my gosh. My kids who are now 10 and seven, they were much closer to your kids are, are they four One and, and five? One and five. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, five. that's almost exactly the ages that my kids were when we started this business. And oh, so fun. I totally feel you. It's like every day is an adventure. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. But these days, my kids, they're 10 and 7. They finished first and fourth grade last week. And so this summer, right now they're home. I don't know where in the house they are, which is the blessing of this house. This is like the best part of when we moved into this house, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where the kids are. And then my husband and I were like high-fiving each other. We're like, this is <laughs> oh. and a blessing of the ages of your kids. I mean, I yes. can't let that thought, if I don't know where my kids are in the house, at least my right. one-year-old, yeah. that means I'm doing something wrong. That's trouble. Doing something <laughs> very wrong. That's trouble. And yeah, it's a different stage of childcare equations and freedom and the kids' autonomy than mm. I can imagine your summer looking like our summers, just a little bit different. So yes, uh, that's good. But even even I'm... just the energy of summer is so lovely because we're sitting outside after dinner, we're playing in the yard mm. with zero sort of goals and objectives. Sometimes there's a lot of yard projects too. Don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. <laughs> but it just feels a little slower. I don't yeah. really like it. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. There's just like a slower flow, even though it can be sometimes more hectic with kids around in different routines. But yesterday in the middle of my meetings, I heard in the other room, my younger son who's seven is learning to play the piano and my older son is learning to play the guitar. So I hear wafting in from the other room, these notes of just like they're learning different songs. And so, yeah, it's great. I'm sure you agree. It's great to watch their little passions unfold as they kind of figure out what they're interested in. They dabble in different things. But yeah, it's just interesting to see what they get into. Yeah. The transition moments, I feel like, are some of the better ones to step back and say like, am I leading my life by design, right? What could I do in this transition to set myself up in this next few months, this next phase to be able to stay true to what it is. So instead of for me going into the panic of I've lost my nanny at the last minute due to her injury, poor thing. And I need childcare for my kiddos, but I only can do camps for one of them, but that doesn't start, you know, I could go over <laughs> into overwhelm really quickly. 
And instead, I remind myself that like I get to spend more time with my kids. I just have to be more intentional with my hours, the time for myself, the time for my work, my passions, and then my kids. And I've embraced that in terms of like the life by design and then getting to open that even up further. Like, well, summer also means like great camping trips. It means all these other things that are how we have envisioned being with our children and I'm happy that I had the grace to give that to myself this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And with my husband, we kind of sat down and reminded ourselves that like, we're doing it. This is intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up the intentionality piece because that's such a critical piece to creating a life by design. And rather than just going by default and clocking in, clocking out, but really sitting back and having those discussions with your partner, with your family and thinking about what is it that I want for our whole family in three years, five years, 10 years down the road and intentionally working towards that. And that might mean making some tough decisions today. That might mean one of you having to make some compromises or going a different direction for a temporary bit, but ultimately having that goal in mind for both of us, as well as the Good Egg team, I know that real estate is such a big part of making that life by design possible for all of us, which is why we're always so excited to talk about it with everybody, anybody who will give us an ear to listen. We're always nerding out about real estate. And so for the listener, before we dive into our core conversation today, which I think you're going to love, Just wanted to give you a quick bit of information. If you are in a place where you're looking to invest in real estate to create your meaningful and intentional life by design, a great place to start is our brand new crowdfunding offering. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to the last episode because we really did a deep dive into what crowdfunding means and how it works But essentially, for this offering, unlike many of our previous offerings, which were open to accredited investors only, this one is open to everybody. So it doesn't matter your financial situation, doesn't matter your investing background, anything. If you are interested in investing and you have at least $10,000 to invest and you want to dip your toes in and try this thing out, this can be a great place to start to invest alongside us an asset that we already have under contract. It's called the Encore Metro at Millennia in Orlando, Florida, which is a fantastic market. A lot of people ask us about the hurricanes, but don't worry, Orlando is inland. And come on, hurricanes would not destroy a place that is home to Disney World. Come on. It's like it's immune. It's like Yeah, there's like a whole like protective barrier around (laughs) Orlando. Okay, so anyway, so it's a fantastic investment. We're investing in it ourselves. And this is a great way, whether you're accredited or not, to invest in a really great class A investment in a fast growing market. So to learn more about that and to invest alongside us, go to goodegginvestments.com slash growth. All right. With that, I'm so excited for our conversation today because we're going to focus on one of my favorite topics of all time. It's a Japanese concept called Ikigai. And we're going to turn the tables a little bit. And Susan is actually going to be interviewing me on this topic. So Susan, I'll hand it over to you. I am. I'm excited to do this. And you mentioned this to me a couple of weeks ago, You mentioned that you had thought about it again, kind of refreshed, maybe reframed your year in terms of this framework. And then coincidentally, my husband brought it up like a week ago Uh and he Uh wanted to have a conversation about it. And I said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. (laughs) 
I'm going to interview Annie about it. And then we should talk because <laughs> I'll do my research first and get to know it. So I'm a little bit of professional development geek like you as well, because I do think that it's a lifetime thing to continue to develop our own views, to be able to have that intention that we talked about earlier in the show. And from what I understand, Ikigai is just sort of a format of framework to do that. And the only thing I remember, and this will kind of lead us into your first description of what it is, is the Venn diagram aspect yes. of this. So it's yes. a visual. I have a very visual <laughs> brain. Can you describe to me what the Venn diagram is with this concept, perhaps? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was my first introduction to it, too was this Venn diagram. And for the listeners, if you can picture a Venn diagram with four overlapping circles. Okay. So that's how it's visually represented. But before I get into that, Ikigai, as I mentioned, is a Japanese concept and it comes from two Japanese words, Iki and Gai. So Iki meaning life and Gai meaning value or worth. And so Ikigai roughly translated into English means your reason for being. So this is like your higher purpose, the reason why you're here, what you're meant to do, what a lot of us are constantly searching for. And so Ikigai provides a great framework for trying to figure that out. And for me, the longtime listeners of the show know that always talking about my career journey, it took me a long time to get to where I am now. In the 10 years after college, I had nine different jobs. And in, I think it was three or four different industries, and so I jumped around a lot and I didn't know what I was looking for, but I always had this gut feeling after a while that, ah, oh, this isn't the right fit because of X. But I didn't have this framework to really fully understand what it was that was missing. I just had this gut feeling that something wasn't quite right. And then I'd move on to my next best guess, like, okay, well, if that's not working, okay, I'm going to go here to try to solve for this thing that's missing over here. And lo and behold, when I get over there, there was something else that was missing. <laughs> and so I wish I had this framework because now looking back using this framework, it's so clear to me all the things that were missing in each of those roles. And we can certainly get into that deeper as well. So we've got these four overlapping components, right, of Ikigai. And it's very simple. The four pieces are what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. And I'll repeat that in a second. But if you can find something where all four of those things overlap, you have all four of those things in whatever you're doing, then that is your reason for being. That is your ikigai. So again, what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. And so I'll give you an example, right? So the first job I had out of college, I was an elementary school teacher. And as an elementary school, I was teaching with Teach for America. So it was a high crime, high poverty neighborhood, but big, like big goals, big dreams for closing the achievement gap, the opportunity gap, and really helping to give these students a leg up. And so I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved going into work every day and I loved teaching. It was always a dream of mine. Ever since I was a little kid, I'd line up all my stuffed animals and I'd be reading them a book. So <laughs> it was always a passion of mine to teach. And so I loved it. That's number one. Number two, I was pretty good at it. In fact, my students consistently tested the highest in the school. 
And so I was pretty good at it. So that made me feel good too. And it's certainly good teaching is certainly something that the world needs. But the only piece I didn't quite have in that role was what I could be paid for. And yes, I did get paid, but the balance of what I got paid and the amount of work I was doing over time, it started to wear on me. It became out of balance. And so what happens when you are missing a piece of this Venn diagram, so to speak, is that it might work for a while. And that's exactly what happened with me with each role. It works for a while until that missing piece starts to get amplified more and more. And with teaching for me, it was the compensation piece. It started to get amplified more and more. And I realized, okay, I'm out of balance. I need to go find something else. So that's at the heart of it. And believe it or not, so if you can imagine the four overlapping circles. Oh, I've already taken notes. I've yeah. drawn them. <laughs> Perfect. And that's not easy to do, to draw four overlapping circles. So bravo to you. It's not <laughs> and, perfect, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we can get into this too. Even where like two of the four circles overlap, in that section, if you just have two or if you have three, there's insights that Ikigai provides, whether that's like your vocation or your profession or your mission. There's a lot to it. And this framework just gives you such clarity as you're figuring out whether it's the best job or career path for you, or I've also used it to talk about real estate investing, which we can get into in a bit. I'd love to know that because I think the clear application here that at least I jumped to, and I'm sure many of our listeners do, is like, because of the paid for circle, I think this lends it to like, what is my profession? What is my job? What can I do that doesn't leave me feeling drained at the end of the day that actually provides value to me for what I'm giving out to the world? And it's something that isn't frivolous. It is needed in this world. And we're, I think finding fulfillment in career is a really big one to go to. And I like that you sort of did the look back retrospectively. So like, look at one of those many jobs you had, right? Leading up to finding this good egg path, which you're in such alignment with and being able to cite sort of like why it wasn't fulfilling one of those circles. I think that that might help us be able to look at like what might be able to fulfill that role. I think back to when I was an engineer and it's like everything felt perfect, but something was wrong. And as you talked, I think it was the love circle I think that a little bit of the world needs circle. I was doing good engineering work. I was sort of making ecosystems better and healthier for fish and for people and that sort of thing. So I think it was a overall net good, but the daily work, I just didn't love doing. I didn't love sitting in front of that computer and spreadsheets all day, even though I love some spreadsheets. It's just too much <laughs> of them. I think it's helpful to do that because then you maybe start to think, and this is my next question for you, like how can you take a future perspective look on this and maybe pick an area outside of the profession. But maybe a way to do that from what you just said is to go back and look at your previous professions, the previous endeavors you did and find that missing piece and ask yourself what was missing. But I want to hear like, how can you use this to identify something that you can put into better alignment? Maybe that's not even a profession. That's mm -hmm. just a hobby. Yeah, that's a really insightful question, actually. And I've thought about Ikigai a lot, and you can actually use it for almost anything. It's just a lens which to think about anything that you're doing, whether it's your job or your profession or your hobby or something you're getting into, like investing. 
And it's a great anchor point just to figure out exactly what you said, what's there that's working and what's not working and to be able to clearly name those things that are missing. Because when you can put a name to it, when you can identify it, that's where the power is. That's when you know, oh, this is the piece that's missing. And so as far as looking forward to something, like if somebody listening right now is like, oh my gosh, I am in a place where I know that this piece is missing and I want to go and I want to try this other thing, but I want to be sure that that other thing is going to hit all four things. Well, the thing is looking forward, you will never know with a hundred percent certainty that you're going to perfectly balance out all four of those circles. All you can do is the best guess from where you currently are. And let's say you're currently doing something that you love, that the world needs, that you can be paid for, but maybe you're not, you're finding you're struggling to be good at it. Here's a great example. At a teacher, that going back to my teaching job that first year, she was almost near retirement age. She's been teaching her entire career. And so we would share two classes of kids. And so our fourth graders would go to her for math and science, and then they would come to me for language arts and social studies. And so we'd switch off. And I found that when the kids would come from her class to my class, they would be totally rowdy, like bouncing off the walls, like could not calm themselves. So I had to take time to like calm them down before we got into what we were doing. And so I asked them one day, I was like, what are you guys doing over there? And they're they're like, well, we're like throwing paper airplanes. We're chatting in the corner. We're just doing whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? And they're like, yeah, she's just teaching. She's just up at the board writing things. And I'm like, okay. So she just exhausted, like, I can't discipline to the degree that I did in this early career. (laughs) Turns out that she had very poor classroom management skills. And so they had sent her to almost every classroom management training, but she just could not, I don't know if it was an energy thing or she just couldn't wrap her head around how to manage the classroom. And so she just focused on teaching. But I can imagine that that probably wore on her to have Mm -hmm. a rowdy classroom like that day in and day out is tough. And so if you're in a position where you're like, oh my gosh, either I don't love it or I don't think I'm good at it. Or even I've been in the position where I'm like, I'm getting paid well, I love it, I'm good at it, but I don't know if this is moving the needle for the world. Like in game design, I felt that way. I'm like, I don't know if me designing these systems to get people to pay more money in a mobile game is really going to change the world. It's just going to get people to waste more time, which is the opposite effect. And so whatever piece that you're missing, it's very difficult to say, okay, I know exactly where I'm going to go next. I'm going to hit all four of these pieces. But where you are now, if you can identify the missing piece, then you can start to look forward at, okay, what are the options that are available to me? And okay, I think this one will fill this missing bucket a little bit more than where I currently am. And what happened to me was it was like a seesaw. I went back and forth. And so I was like, okay. And I didn't know at the time because it was just a gut feeling, but I would be like, okay, well, this one's not having enough impact. So I'd go somewhere where there was a lot of impact, but no pay. And then I'd go somewhere where there was a lot of pay, but maybe I didn't love it. And so back and forth until you kind of get all those in balance. But I think having this framework 
the reason it's so valuable is you can start to identify all those pieces rather than just going on gut. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations. And as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. Mm-hmm. I like that you referenced that this is an iterative process and we're not going to get it right the first time, but if we're not even trying to get it right, we're never going to know that it's right or that it's wrong or that we can consciously make changes for it. As you're talking, I'm reminded of a book I read a long time ago called Mastery by Robert Greene. And he spoke in this book about everyone possesses the ability to find their mastery, to find their genius. And that sounds a lot like this reason for being. And except that it's really hard to find that. What is my reason for being? If you were to just try to ask yourself that, there's almost like, where do you start with that? And he talked about that, like, as you're progressing towards discovering that, and I love that this gives you a framework to do that, almost like a way to begin and a set of steps. I'm an engineer at heart. I like things to be laid out. I like the framework aspect. But you're developing these emotional qualities, which Robert Greene talked about in his book, Mastery, too, that are actually the recipe for success. They're the reflection pieces. They're the perseverance. Like, well, I'm just going to keep trying at this. I'm going to keep iterating. I'm going to keep looking back, I'm also going to have the grit to make it through this training for this potential new career that I'm doing. So it's like, I like that this is a common topic in personal development, but this is giving you the process with which to look at it. What I would like to hear more about is the overlapping and the utility of two circles coming together, three circles coming together. What's the value of that in the Ikigai system? Yeah. So if you are listening to this, I highly recommend you just Google Ikigai. And I'm sure one of the top images will surface 
a Venn diagram that will show you exactly what all these pieces are, because it's hard to picture it just from listening. As I'm talking, I'm looking at a diagram of this so that I can make sure I get it right. So I highly recommend you pause this, go find an image of it and follow along that way. But I think it's really insightful when you look at the overlapping of two or three of those components, because again, it just gives you that clarity into what you probably already were feeling, but didn't have a name for. And so, for example, if you have what you love and what you're good at, but you don't have any of the other pieces, it's not something that the world needs and it's not something you can be paid for, then that is your passion what you love and what you're good at. Now, your passion can turn into something that the world needs and something you can be paid for. But if it's more of a hobby at the moment, then that is what we're talking about, what you love and what you're good at. For me, that's one great example is piano. I've been playing piano since I was three years old and I'm really good at it. And now that I'm not forced to take lessons and I can play what I want, I love it. And my husband and I will, he plays guitar and I play piano and we'll sing. And so we have a lot of fun, but it's not something that the world really needs. We're certainly not up to that level. And it's not something that I'm interested in being paid for. So for me, that's a passion. When you have what you love and what the world needs that is a mission. So you're like, oh my gosh, I really love these humanitarian efforts and the world really needs that. But maybe you're just exploring that, or maybe you're volunteering, you're not getting paid for that, or maybe you have ideas for starting a foundation. So that is more of a mission, like a personal mission. You want to help the world there. If you have what the world needs and what you can be paid for, then that becomes your vocation. So think of people who go to beauty school, for example. Everybody's got hair. Everybody needs haircut, hair styling. That's right. It grows for better or worse. My kids' hair, I'm like, oh my gosh, how does your hair grow so fast? And they can be paid for that, right? And so that is a vocation. Now, there are some stylists we know that they're so good at it and they love it. And that is their reason for being. But for other stylists or barbers, It might be just they went to school for it. It's something that the world needs and they can be paid for it. So they kind of clock in and clock out. So this is certainly not the same thing fits for everybody. It's kind of like you can fit the system to you and your specific situation. And then finally, if you're good at it and you can be paid for it, but maybe the world doesn't need it (laughs) and maybe you kind of love it, but you're not that passionate about it. If you're good at it and you can be paid for it, that is your profession. And so lots of people, whether it's vocation or profession, they spend their whole life in that space. And sometimes I admire people like that. I'm like, man, I wish I could live my life like that, where I can just clock in, clock out and have that compartmentalization, but I just wasn't wired that way. But yeah, so if you have two of any of those pieces, then it's still valuable to look at this and be like, okay, so this serves that purpose. And this gets back to what you were talking about with hobbies or new ventures that you're exploring to see kind of how they fit into the overall picture. I like this. I have a confession to make about personal development too, in that it actually does cause a lot of stress. 
And it does cause too of like always feeling like you could be better. You're doing something that's not up to your potential. And I think we can falsely pursue personal development and always try to, something's not good enough. And we know, especially in the concept of enough is a huge factor in our happiness. If we keep on moving that bar further and further or thinking some sort of future scenario is the perfect scenario that you don't yet have, you're never really going to be happy in the present moment, excuse me. So to be able to say, well, this fits into this section of the diagram, maybe it overlaps two or three of those circles. That's good enough for me for that aspect. Maybe this is how those folks for their vocation, they're good with just doing something they're good at and that they can get paid for. And maybe they love it, but it's not really what the world needs. But they have something else in their life that is what the world needs. Or they have something else in their life that fits into the middle of all four of those. And maybe that's being like a stellar parent for their kids. And they're really putting intention into saying, we're going to have experiences. We're going to do these things because the world needs educated and very emotionally intelligent human beings. And so you're putting Mm -hmm. yourself into that. But this system I'm seeing, what I like about it so far is that I don't have to try to get every element of my life into the center of that Venn diagram. It actually might be even helpful to focus on two or three of those circles for certain areas of my life. And ideally, maybe I have one that fits into all four, but I think that we're doing pretty good, it seems like, if you're overlapping at least a couple of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's not a matter of like, if you don't have all four, you're doing something wrong. It's just an indicator that there might not be the long-term sustainability because sooner or later, that missing piece may wear on you if it doesn't change. So you might feel excited about what you do, but you're not able to build wealth through what you're doing. Or maybe if it's not something that the world needs, maybe you have a feeling of satisfaction, but you're like, oh, not making a difference in the world. And so you feel kind of like empty or useless. It is in some ways kind of a precursor to what might happen down the road. If you take this and look at it today and assess where you currently are, it can be a little bit of a precursor to give you a hint as to if you're not able to fill any of the missing pieces, then sooner or later, then that's going to wear on you. Good point. Or if you're ignoring one of the circles altogether in every element of your life, like, oh, actually, I'm not doing anything to get paid well or build wealth. Mm -hmm. Like that's going to come back to bite me in the end. So kind of like flag it ahead of time. So you mentioned investing there. Talk to me about how you fit real estate investing and your journey through the various realms of real estate investing into this and maybe how that journey actually progressed because of your knowledge of Ikigai. So one way that I use Ikigai, because I'm not great at drawing four overlapping circles. (laughs) (laughs) You were a what circle, I, the chalkboards that, I mean, you were I know, a teacher. Right? You'd think. Yeah, it's okay. We can't be good so, at everything. Right. Circle yeah. drawing. That'll be, I'm missing that piece in my guy. <laughs> but I've discovered a great way to use this same concept in the same system, but in a way that's much easier to use as a functional tool this way. So what I do is in my notebook, I will just draw four blank lines. And next to the four blank lines, I will write out each of these things, what I love, what I'm good at, what I can be paid for and what the world needs. 
Then on each of those blank lines, then I think about what I'm trying to evaluate and it can be related to real estate investing or a hobby or a profession or anything you're trying to evaluate. So let's take, for example, when I first started with out-of-state rentals. I should have done this at the time, but I didn't, but I'm doing it in hindsight, right? So when I first started with out-of-state rentals, I had no idea what I was getting into. We had done house hacking. We had duplexes. We rented out one unit and we lived in the other. And we thought, how hard could it be? we just get a rental. We'll kind of do the same thing. All these online forums are saying you could cash flow several hundred dollars a month. Should be easy peasy. And of course, you know the story. Over time, things started to fall apart. We experienced theft and vandalism. We were investing in more C-class areas. And so the cash flow could potentially be higher, but we also had more headaches. So we definitely went through a lot of that. And so as I look back and thinking about using Ikigai there to evaluate, right? So you've got your four boxes or four blank lines. Then what I do is I think back to each of these categories and I give myself a ranking from one to 10. And so the minimum score that you could get if you give yourself one on each one is four. The highest score you could get is 40. And so when I think about my out-of-state rental experience, did I love it? Meh. I mean, I would say maybe like a six. I think I loved the idea of it, but the actual execution of it, I was like, meh, you know, going calling my property manager and checking on the date, all the spreadsheets. I'm like, I could live without that. So I'd give myself a six there. Was I good at it? Nope. I realized after we had accumulated a portfolio of 20 something doors that I really wasn't that good at being a long distance landlord. I would get in touch with my property manager to set up these regular weekly calls for a period of time. And then after things were stabilized, I'd lose interest. And so I'd say, oh, let's do a call every two weeks or let's do You've a call got this. Month. I trust you. I trust you. You've got this. That's and what I'm hiring you later, for. We'd be back in the same place. So was I good at it? No. So I'd give myself maybe a two as to my own experience with out-of-state rentals. And then did the world need it? I do believe that the world needs safe, affordable housing. And so, yes, I would give that probably like an eight. And then could I be paid for it? Here's the thing. If I were better at it, if I were managed it better and maybe chose the properties more wisely, I probably could have gotten paid more than I did for those rentals. But because I wasn't that good at it and I didn't manage them very well, then we'd get cash flow some months, some months we didn't. And then we didn't have the proper reserves. It was just, yeah. <laughs> and so I would give myself maybe, let's say a four there, right? So when you total that up, then you have six, two, eight, four. And so that's 20, 20. out of 40. Yeah. That's so about half that, of your, yeah, that's of your right. top, half your potential. <laughs> right? Yeah. So then that tells me, okay, First of all, it tells me there are some things here that are way out of whack. Like I'm not good at it and I couldn't really be paid properly for it because I wasn't good at it. And so I'm missing two of the four and arguably what I love didn't really love it either. So really I'm only staunchly, I only really have one of the circles. And so that should have been a clue to me. Oh, okay. 
this isn't going to have long-term potential for sustainability for me. It might work in the short term and satisfy my goals of cash flow or appreciation, tax benefits. But in the long term, because I don't love it, I'm not good at it, I'm not interested in becoming good at it, (laughs) then it's not a good long-term fit. And so using this system, you can kind of quickly, without having to draw these circles and having to say, do I have this? Do I not have it? Rather than it being binary, you can give yourself a score. That gives you a more finite way, a more nuanced way to look at this and say, where am I on a scale of one to 10 here? Do I have it most of the way? Do I have a long way to go? And then you can make a choice because at that point I could have said, I'm not good at managing rentals. But I think this is the path and I really want to become good at managing rentals. So I'm going to take a course or I'm going to get a coach or I'm going to read some books. I'm going to listen to some podcasts and I'm going to become better at this. It might have been much closer and I could have found my ikigai for investing through that. But the fact that I wasn't interested, it didn't give me any energy. I wasn't interested in becoming better. Then that told me, okay, it's time to move on to something else. Uh, I love that it brings up this, like, how could I improve my ability when I was an engineer? And I thought, wait, well, so all I'm listening to are real estate investing podcasts (laughs) and reading books about real estate investing. And I, well, I could listen and read books about that profession, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the improvement. Right. And so that was a good sign of like, this is a big red Mm -hmm. flag. Wow. And what, another thing that brought up for me, when we put numbers to things and we're sort of ranking our happiness amongst that or our satisfaction, some sort of scale, I think we as humans too can be like, well, we can't have it all. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to be a 10 in these four categories. One has to be lower. And I think that that is a sign that you've been poorly trained to believe that, right? That's a belief that you have that other people, the media, whatever have given you, but that it's possible to find an area of your life where you score all tens in these. And I hope that our listeners can take that to heart and retraining their minds to say that I'm allowed to have all tens in these categories, that it's possible and that it's worth pursuing. It's worth kind of sitting back and seeing It doesn't mean a whole life switch. It means maybe tweaking something in your profession or your personal life, taking a course, getting a coach, trying something new, a different aspect of it. You're just kind of constantly being aware of where you're at Mm -hmm. and not complacent. That's cool. Yeah, that's such a good point. As my coach would put it, that's your own personal BS. In other words, your own personal belief systems. And (laughs) so I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, there might be somebody listening who's like, ah, I could never get tens and everything. And if you believe that, then you get to keep that. And yeah. Yeah. Well, this um, is pretty cool. I'm excited to take this format and maybe I'll shoot a video about it with our We have one last rental that we're managing and my husband just had to take all of his Monday and go and manage the contractor who's replacing the lawn because he wasn't able to do it by himself. You're like, that's what we're hiring you for. And so when I go to evaluate, do I sell this property? Do I continue to manage it? As opposed to just looking at it as a financial decision, just looking at the spreadsheet, the expenses, but really taking into account all the aspects of it, it feels like a better holistic way to do it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And 
So for all the listeners out there, I hope that this framework, whether you're new to the concept of Ikigai or you're revisiting it and reapplying it, I hope that you've taken at least one good nugget from this conversation that you can go and apply right away, either evaluating your current job or career path, which is such a huge part of your life by design, or maybe your role as a parent or a friend or a daughter or son or whatever it is, any new hobbies or investing paths that you're exploring. And just give it a quick ranking in these four categories just to see where you are. And then reflect for a moment as to whether you want to improve those areas and get to a place where you are ranking higher in all four categories, or as you just mentioned, maybe it's time to make a change. And maybe this is a good reflection of that. But for all of our listeners, as you know, we're super passionate about helping you live your best life by design, whatever that looks like for you. So hopefully this has given you a little bit of insight that you can take with you as to bettering your life and getting closer to your life by design. If there's ever anything we can do for you, any questions we can answer, connections we can help make, investments that we can help connect you with, the best place to go is our website, goodegginvestments.com. There you'll find a ton of resources, whether you're new to investing, you can start at this start here page. Or if you're a seasoned investor, you can go to our open deals page to see the offerings we currently have, download a copy of our track record, and get to know us. We're looking forward to hearing from each of you. All right. Until next time, thank you so much and have a sunny side update. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.